Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. Almost at the weekend. We are so close. You can taste it. But we got a lot of stuff to get through before then. So today, this is a, re- a recurring theme that we have on this show, which is rhinos stabbing us in the back. Now, I, I know that they say that Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom, it's the most magical place on earth. But I actually think that the most magical place on earth is Washington, D.C. Because when you travel around the world, when you go through Africa, you find that rhinos in the wild are all going extinct. They're either extinct or or endangered or threatened. But when you go to Washington, D.C., we have more rhinos than we know what to do with. And in recent weeks, these rhinos are <laughs> letting them... letting themselves be known i mean that that was the whole thing with donald trump if you drain the swamp eventually the swamp creatures are going to start nipping at you going to start biting back and that's what we're seeing in the republican party today which is incredible because every single metric every single poll suggests that the republicans are set to retake congress in an epic historic landslide i mean you have more democrats planning to retire already than there were in the lead up to the 2010 midterm elections, which was Democrats jumping ship, knowing what was coming. So you have more Republican, more Democrats retiring already. You only do that when you know you're not going to win. You only do that when you know that the other side is going to win in a landslide. So you think that the Republican side would want to coalesce around messaging. Instead, what you're seeing is you're seeing the rhinos cling to power. Why are they doing that? Well, I think they realize that when Republicans, when not if, when Republicans retake the House of Representatives next year, Mark Meadows, uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, I almost said Mark Meadows, I was thinking about him. Kevin McCarthy will not be Speaker of the House. I don't think so. I don't think he will be Speaker of the House. I think you probably see someone like Jim Jordan become Speaker of the House based on the votes, right? Because when you elect really conservative members of Congress, you're not going to get rhino leadership. So what you're seeing today is uh, the rhinos trying to get out in front of that. And anyone who doesn't know, rhinos is Republican in name only, R-I-N-O. Not talking about rhinoceroses. (laughs) So I want to talk today about all the different ways we've seen just in the last 48 hours of so-called Republicans doing everything they can to help Democrats. I'll say that again, so-called Republicans doing everything they can to help advance the Democratic agenda. You would think, you would think that at all times, when Joe Biden is suffering loss after loss after loss, as we, as we went through yesterday, right, when all the polls show a big Republican victory, you'd think that they would coalesce. But no, the infighting is worse probably than it has ever been. I mean, maybe maybe under Boehner, parts under Boehner, but this is this is getting bad. So I, I want to play some of the clips, talk about some of these examples. But you got to hit that share button if you haven't already. You got to share this podcast with your friends and family. 
Um, we're not on Facebook anymore, so Facebook refugees, welcome to all the other places you're watching or listening. But you can share it either by sharing the DLive link, and our episodes on DLive do get saved for a few days, but the easiest way to actually share permanent recordings of episodes would be Rumble. Rumble or conservative-daily.com. That's where you're going to find these episodes permanently. So take those links and share them in your social profile so we can get more viewership, reach more people, and win this fight. So I, I want to start. I want to start with this first cut because... Liz Cheney, we, we covered this a couple days ago, but I want to play it again because I've never seen anything like this. Liz Cheney is on the January 6th committee and she is the vice chair. That's how much of a, of a Republican she is. She is the vice chair of a witch hunt investigating peaceful protesters. She threatened Donald Trump. And I'm going to play this clip because she's also threatening other people now. But Mr. Brewster, let's play this clip of Liz Cheney threatening Donald Trump with contempt criminal charges if he dares continue lying about the 2020 election. Mr. Producer, let's play cut number one. Finally, let me make a larger point as well. President Trump continues to make the same false claims about a stolen election with which he has misled millions of Americans. These are the same claims he knows provoked violence in the past. He has recently suggested that he wants to debate members of this committee. This committee's investigation into the violent assault on our Capitol on January 6th is not a game. When this committee convenes hearings, witnesses will be called to testify under oath. Any communications Mr. Trump has with this committee will be under oath. And if he persists in lying then, he will be accountable under the laws of this great nation and subject to criminal penalties for every false word he speaks. So you have to ask, what is she referring to? Is she referring to a provable lie saying I did X, Y, and Z and they have evidence suggesting that he didn't? Or as I suspect, she's talking about Donald Trump getting up there saying the 2020 election was stolen and then her and her Democrat allies slapping him with criminal con criminal contempt perjury charges. I mean, that's the kind of stuff she's talking about. If he continues to lie about the 2020 election, <laughs> if, he, if he if he gets up there and says it's stolen, they're going to slap him with contempt and slap him with perjury. What what are they so afraid of? Because Democrats screamed that the 2016 election was stolen by Russians until the cows came home. And no one charged them with contempt. No one charged them with perjury. No one censured them in Congress. Because the best defense against any other argument is to defeat the argument. And if you think the argument's crazy, then, then let them air it out and let the world see. Right? It's only when you're afraid of what the other side is going to say. That's when you silence people. We've never treated... I mean, they call it a conspiracy theory. No, it's just a conspiracy Conspiracy is just a crime committed by multiple people with pre-planning. It's a conspiracy. But even if it was a conspiracy, we've never, in our country, we've never silenced conspiracy theorists. If you, the, the crazy uncle who believes in Bigfoot, sorry for any Bigfoot truthers out there, no one shut down his Twitter profile. People believe that aliens are among us, which is entirely possible. No one suspended them from Facebook, canceled their credit card. No, it's insanity. This is different, though, they say. 
because this has the potential for real world harm. Yeah. You know, talking about the vulnerabilities of election machines, which are vulnerable. I mean, you look at Eric Coomer's deposition. We played it on this channel. You can also you can find the written version online. Eric Coomer, during his deposition, admits that it is possible to hack and manipulate Dominion voting system machines. So it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just a conspiracy. Alleging that they did what's possible is not a conspiracy theory. It, it, right? I mean, saying that the government is run by lizard people, that's a conspiracy theory. Pointing out that the machines can be manipulated and suspecting that someone did manipulate it, that's not a conspiracy theory. You're just alleging a conspiracy. But she wants to now punish Donald Trump if he continues, quote, lying about the 2020 election. He's not the only one. If we go to my screen, Mr. Producer, Liz Cheney is now also threatening Mark Meadows with criminal contempt charges. She is just on a roll. I bet you daddy would be proud. I bet you good old dick would be proud. Going after so many different Republicans, former colleague, former congressman. Mark Meadows choosing not to sit for the, uh, the scheduled hearing because like Roger Stone, he doesn't trust this committee. Roger Stone the other day or yesterday proclaimed that he's going to plead the Fifth Amendment because he does not trust the committee not to leak anything he gives them. So he is basically claiming the Fifth Amendment right not to hand over his documents because doing so could lead to self-incrimination because he doesn't trust them. He doesn't trust that they won't be leaked. If he hands over financial documents, he doesn't trust that they won't be leaked to, to spe so some prosecutor somewhere to take a bite at the apple. So he is now saying, nope, I'm pleading the Fifth Amendment. Now, these are arguments which may win, may not win, right? But the, the point is, you're supposed to go to court and have the court hammer these hammer these out. Not to say, oh, well, you're, you're making a legal argument for why you don't think this applies to you or why you shouldn't have to apply. We're going to throw you in prison. That's not usually how these things work. I mean, we, we've had more talk of criminal contempt in just the last three months than we had in the preceding 30 years. I mean, you can count on two hands the number of people who have been held in contempt in the modern era. And here, the Democrats just want to go down the list. Oh, you're in contempt, you're in contempt, you're in contempt, you're in contempt. Forget about the fact that this committee is, is chasing a ghost. There was no insurrection. They're hoping, I mean, the FBI has already cleared Trump and said Trump did not orchestrate anything. He was not behind it like some puppet master. I mean, that should have been the end of it. Roger Stone, you look at what Roger Stone's been saying. He's saying he wasn't at the protest. He wasn't communicating with the protest. Had no, nothing to do with the protest. They're just trying to drag him into this. <laughs> now, if you tried to get a subpoena in the justice system, against someone who had nothing to do with the thing you're investigating, you, it would get quashed. Sorry, I got something in my throat. It would have gotten quashed. But here, they're allowed to just go with impunity. See, to them, the basic rules of procedure don't apply. They can subpoena whoever they want just under the guise of having a legislative purpose. Now, the Supreme Court has ruled time and time again that that is not just a blanket protection for Congress to do whatever it wants. It actually has to have a, a legitimate legislative purpose, and that can't be an excuse to criminalize pr constitutionally protected activity. right? They can't just drag protesters in to answer for their protesting because protesting is not illegal. So even take everything else aside. 
there's a significant argument that they have no right to be criminally investigating this. If people wanted to protest at the ellipse, Congress has no right to drag them in to answer for their non-crimes. I mean, what is the legislative purpose of Congress over a protest that Congress does not sanction? I mean, that goes through Washington, D.C., the local government, to have a protest in Washington, D.C. So where's the legislative intent? Can Congress ban protests? Well, last time I checked, the First Amendment still applies. So <laughs> the legislative intent is potential unconstitutional legislation. See how this whole thing's just built on a, a foundation of lies? But no, they're just going to keep going after people. They're going to keep charging people with these fake crimes. No, that's their MO. It goes all the way back to the minute Donald Trump stepped into office. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. You see the other thing that was going on, just a, a quick aside, you see the other, other thing that was going on this weekend where um, Donald Trump sat for an interview and he said and he said pretty candidly that if he hadn't fired James Comey, he probably wouldn't have survived the presidency. The left took that to mean, oh, oh, he admitted that he only fired James Comey because he wanted to stop the investigation. He didn't say that. What he said is if, if James Comey was allowed to run amok for four years, he would have just tried to remove Donald Trump. Not that he not that he fired James Comey because of that, just that, oh, yeah, that probably would have happened if he had stayed in office. But the left is just so dedicated to finding something, anything they can use against Trump. This is how you know that Trump is running, right? He's done the wink, wink, nudge, nudge for the past couple of weeks that he's running. He can't actually say he's running because the minute you do, you have to file paperwork with the FEC and start like and, and start reporting all of your donations and things like that. So it would be very foolish to say I am running. And that's why usually right before someone says I'm running, they say they're they're launching an exploratory committee to see if they should run. That lets them do more poli political kind of thing, candidate kind of things without actually having to report. But this is how you know he's running. You wouldn't have Liz Cheney, a congresswoman who is literally a lame duck. She's not getting reelected. No way, no how. A lame duck Republican congresswoman working with Democrats to target her own party, to target the 45th president of the United States. Now, the only reason he's still being targeted is because he won't just go away. He still, want, he, he still wants to be both king and kingmaker. He's still planning on running, and he's also helping Republican candidates. So he is a threat to the left. So, of course, they're going to keep, keep taking shots at him. So we know it's coming from Liz Cheney. We know that Liz Cheney is going to do what Liz Cheney does. 
Dan Crenshaw, on the other hand, Dan Crenshaw is has never been. I've never been a huge fan of Dan Crenshaw. I, I appreciate his military service. I appreciate the sacrifices he made for the nation, right? And when he votes the way that we think he should vote, I appreciate him for doing the right thing. The problem is so often he seems to do the wrong thing. And the other day was one of those moments. He's at an event, a Texas, I think it was, a, it was either a libertarian event or some kind of political event in Texas, calling members of the Freedom Caucus, didn't say him by name, but that's who he's talking about, calling them grifters, calling them grifters, and then following that up by saying that Adam Kinzinger, the anti-Trump Republican who is also is retiring because he's a lame duck, that he is the real conservative. It's such a just bizarre, such a bizarre uh, clip. Have to play it for you. This is Dan Crenshaw the other day, basically taking shots at his own party, conservatives in his own party. Let's play cut two. Supporting these two. There's actually other veterans in Morgan's race. Uh, there's other front runners. But why support these two? Well, because I've been in Congress for almost three years now. There's two types of members of Congress. There's performance artists, and there's legislators. Now, the performance artists are the ones that get all the attention. They're the ones you think are more conservative because they know how to say slogans real well. They know how to recite the lines that they know that our voters want to hear. Let me tell you guys something. In the first two years of Trump's presidency, when Republicans were in control, when every single time we were voting on Donald Trump's agenda, who do you think was at the top of that list voting with Trump, and who do you think was at the bottom? A lot of names you would recognize were at the bottom of that list. A lot of names you would recognize were at the top of that list. Number two is it's probably going to make you cringe a little bit. It's Adam Kinsinger. Voted with Trump almost 99%. He was number two. You know who's at the bottom? Everybody in the Freedom Caucus. All of them. What you hear so often is not true. It's not true. We have grifters in our midst. Not here, not like in this room. That's not what I mean. I mean in the conservative movement. Lie after lie after lie because they know something psychologically about the conservative heart. We're worried about what people are going to do to, do to us, what they're going to infringe upon us. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think he's reading the room, first of all. The Texas Liberty Alliance Pack, I don't know if they're really on with that. But he mentioned Adam Kinzinger, saying Adam Kinzinger voted with Trump the second most of any other representative, 99% of the time. Here's the thing. He's kind of burying the lead on this. If we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, that 1% tends to be important when it is the impeachment vote. To present Adam Kinzinger as, oh, he voted with Trump 99% of the time, and then leave out the fact that that 1% of the time he didn't vote with Trump, he was voting to impeach Donald Trump. Like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills to present Adam Kinzinger as a pro-Trump Republican in the House of Representatives when he literally voted to remove Trump from office. That seems like an important little factoid to include, to include there. I don't know, maybe I'm old-fashioned when a Republican votes to remove a Republican president. Usually that matters. Usually you mention that. Not say, oh, well, yeah, he tried to remove him from office. But 99% of the time, he liked him. 
<laughs> That's the worst thing you can do. It's not like, oh, that 1% we disagreed on environmental policy or on tax policy. No, that 1% of the time he disagreed, he disagreed whether Donald Trump should even be in office. <laughs> and to present him as a pro-Trump Republican? Come on. Come on. Come on. So that's Crenshaw. Listen, I'm sure that if I had a beer with Crenshaw, I'd like it. I'm sure we would we would talk the shit. I'm sure that um, he has amazing stories from his time in the service. He's a hero, no doubt. He, he gave a lot for this country. But to stand there and to say that the real conservative in the room is Adam Kinzinger, a so-called Republican from Illinois who is retiring because he's being forced out of his district by Democrats redistricting, right? <laughs> Come on. 1% of the time you vote to impeach him. Oh, it's insane. And then you see Crenshaw getting into that fight with Bobby Python over whether or not the election was stolen. I mean, that's what he's talking about in that clip when he says, oh, there's grifters in our midst. Well, no, he, he, he's giving a speech at a pack. He's giving a speech at a pack condemning members of his own party. Who's the grifter here? Right. Who, who precisely who is the grifter when you're giving a speech at a fundraising organization and you're trying to take down members of your own party? Uh, I think you should look in the mirror. Fun fact, Dan Crenshaw, when you kiss a mirror, you can only kiss yourself on the lips. I'm sure Dan Crenshaw has a lot of practice in that regard as well. I want to play a little bit about the so-called grifters that he's talking about, because those so-called grifters, names you know, people, he didn't name them by name, but we know who he's talking about, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, the Matt Gates, right? These great conservatives, they held a press conference yesterday. They held a pre- I think it was yesterday or the day before. It was on the January 6th prisoners, on the conditions at the prison. And they went through it with such specificity, such detail, Realize Dan Crenshaw is not standing up to bat for people who have been unlawfully, unconstitutionally imprisoned, tortured in these prisons. He's not going up to bat for them. He says they should rot, apparently. I mean, how else do you interpret his inaction? How else do you interpret his silence? I mean, he has has plenty of time to make action films, action film commercials of him and other candidates skydiving and doing other things like that. Why doesn't he pick up the call and the phone and try and stop this torture? No. That's the, the grifters do that. That's apparently the grift. Not speaking at, a, uh, at an event that's a fundraiser. No, the grift is trying to get people out of jail. Southern Mama Bear says, Max, you can't call me here when he's a traitor by denying the election was stolen. I'm talking about two different things, right? He can do heroic things on the battlefield. He can sacrifice a lot to make sure that the flag stays raised and the flag advances. And then in his veteran post-service life, do a lot of horrible things. Um, so th- that's that's what I'm referring to in that. Not saying that he's he, he's always a hero. And, and that, that's something that Donald Trump got in trouble for talking about John McCain with. John McCain, obviously there's people who says he had less than stellar war record, but he still was a POW, right? Do- Trump got in trouble with the mainstream media for saying that just because someone's a POW doesn't mean they should just always be branded as a hero. You can honor their service while simultaneously pointing out the fact that they are not really conservative. So I want to play a couple of these clips, a couple of these clips from this press conference. 
Here's Matt Gates, one of those apparent grifters that Dan Crenshaw is referring to. And Matt Gates is saying in this little clip what the rhinos fear. And what I mentioned at the start, when the Republicans take over the Congress, it will not be the rhinos in charge. Mr. Producer, let's play cut number three. It has been 174 days since my colleagues and I sent a letter to FBI Director Ray asking basic questions about the FBI's involvement in January 6th. Americans should not be languishing in hideous, unconstitutional conditions waiting for basic answers like this, waiting for basic answers regarding evidence, waiting for access to counsel. This report must be a guidepost for ongoing Republican oversight effort in the Congress, because we are going to take power after this next election. And when we do, it's not going to be the days of Paul Ryan and Trey Gowdy and no real oversight and no real subpoenas. It's going to be the days of Jim Jordan and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Dr. Gosar and myself doing everything to get the answers to these questions. He's saying what everyone's saying. Got some more trolls in the comment section on DLive. Dylan 5X, Max won't even pop a tire on a call because he might get a misdemeanor, but he's going to call out ex-Navy SEALs who serve our country. I'm actually not calling him out on his Navy SEAL service. If you had even a single brain cell, you would have heard what I said. I guess I have to repeat myself. Someone can be a hero. Someone can be have valor in the military and be a snake in Congress. That is possible, Dylan. That is very possible. Your existence in this comment section proves that snakes can be among us. So kindly, Dylan, stop talking. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not criticizing him for his service. He can serve our country and still be an asshole. Right? When he's standing up on stage criticizing members of his own party, specifically because he realizes that when we take the House next year, he's not going to get the great cushy committee assignments. That makes him an asshole. So I, I'd, I'd have you, Dylan5x, if that is e even your real name, I'd have you think a little harder about that. But he's absolutely right. Not him, not Dylan5x. Gates is absolutely right. When they take power next year, it will not be the rhinos who get to continue to hold these positions. It, it might seem like horse trading, but who is in charge of the oversight committee matters. As you just heard, generally, I used to think that Trey Gowdy was a good guy, right? That Chaffetz was a good guy. I think, again, like, like uh, Crenshaw, if I was sitting at a bar with them, I'd have a beer with them. I think we'd have a good time. The problem is, <laughs> it's the Spider-Man. It's the Spider-Man line. With great power comes great responsibility. These people were elected to do a specific job. And when they inch up to that line and refuse to cross it, we, we're absolutely entitled to criticize them for it, right? Dan Crenshaw was elected into Congress on a wave of anti-left sentiment. To have him <laughs> tout the praises of Kinzinger, who is, a, who is everything but a Democrat, should he have really been elected on that conservative wave? That's why primaries are important. Primaries are incredibly important. 
So many of these people in Congress run unopposed or run against no-name candidates, and they just waltz right in. And then we're left wondering, well, how did this person win the Republican nomination? They're not conservative at all. I mean, Wyoming is a red, red state. It's as red as it gets. How is Liz Cheney their representative? Well, she's powerful. She has lots of money. Dick Cheney's her dad. You would think, though, that there are enough conservatives, there have been enough conservatives, to stop someone like her from getting into office. Now, I get it. Rhinos are very good at hiding themselves. They're very good about at saying what needs to be said and then stabbing everyone in the back the minute they have a chance. I get that. She probably was hiding. She came out of hibernation with Trump. He just so, so triggered her she couldn't help it. But it didn't have to be this way. Like We could have done serious vetting against her in Wyoming. We, we could have figured out her true nature prior to, prior to letting her in. And that's, a situ- that's what I'm talking about. There's lots of rhinos in very deep, deep red districts that are only in office because no one turns out and votes against them in the primary. And by the time the general election runs, runs along, who's going to vote for a Democrat? You can't. You can't. It would be insane. So you vote, you vote for a Republican light, conservative light. Now, that's why Crenshaw is mad, because Crenshaw was a rising star in the Republican Party until we actually started realizing what Crenshaw actually thought. Crenshaw just last week voted for legislation to help the government create a database of vaccine doses, literally a vaccination database, $400 million spent to modernize vaccination records so the government can know whether you've gotten vaccinated, when your next boosters do, that's a vaccine passport in everything but name. Just because you're not yet forced to show your papers, the government would have those records. He voted for that. How is that a conservative? And, and, and how is criticizing him for that, criticizing his Navy SEAL service? It isn't. It isn't. I mean, how... He did great things in the military. He sacrificed so much, but that doesn't give him a free pass when he's quite literally voting against our liberties, voting against our freedoms, voting to give the government a power that the government shouldn't have. I'm sorry, you don't get a free pass on that. We, we've given people free passes way too long. For way too long. John McCain, a great example. John McCain was never a conservative. John McCain was never pro-life. Every time he said he was pro-life, he always had those exceptions. Oh, I'll be pro-life except for rape, incest, and for the life of the mother. Well, what, what he didn't tell you is that for the health of the mother can mean whatever the doctors say. Exceptions for rape, what does that mean? What does it mean if someone is actually convicted of raping you? That that, that counts? Well, those, those trials can take a year. You can't, that doesn't make sense. How, how do you force a woman to wait a year until a trial is resolved? That makes no sense. Is, is it just someone claiming that they are raped, that that gives them the exception? I mean, he, he's never really been pro, pro-life, but he was able to weasel his way through on his military record. Listen, some people say he was a hero. Some people say he sold out his, his fellow soldiers way too quickly. And where was he? The Hano- Hanoi Hilton? There's, there's, competing, there's competing narratives there. But he's, he was able to use his military service to kind of force everyone to look away from, from the serious, serious flaws in his politics. We can't do that anymore. I'm sorry. No one gets a free pass. Mr. Producer Joe's trying to chime in, so let's, let's, let's make sure we get him connected. 
no one gets a free pass. And you and you listen to that that clip. We'll probably play it again when Joe gets on. That clip where he says there are good people running, good veterans. Listen, I love veterans. I think more veterans should run for office. I think that Congress would be less likely to authorize military force. I mean, who am I kidding? Congress doesn't declare war anymore. The president just does whatever he wants. But in a perfect world, Congress would be less likely to authorize military force if the people being forced to vote are the ones who actually did the service, the ones who actually fought. Right? We, we need veterans in office, but being a veteran isn't, isn't it. There's lots of veterans I know that shouldn't be anywhere near Congress, shouldn't be anywhere near the, the House floor during a vote. They have no business. They're great people, but they're not legislators. But you hear from that clip, oh, there's lots of veterans. You should be voting for the veterans instead. Again, yes, we support our veterans, but that doesn't give you a free pass. You actually have to, you have to have good ideas. You have to be a conservative. You have to have convictions, be willing to stand on those convictions. It's crazy that I'm talking about veterans being unwilling to stand for their convictions because that's something that gets ingrained in you in the military. But for whatever reason, we have so many of these instances where we have veterans who who obviously got into Congress on the back of their military service, using that as a huge selling point. And then after they're in, we learn that, oh, no, yeah, yeah, sorry, we're going to keep voting with Democrats. So it's sure it's on them. It's also on us. It's also on us. We have to do a better job of vetting these people and not getting so starstruck that we vote for them anyway. So we're, we're trying to get Joe, Joe in. He'll be in in just a minute. As we're waiting for him, I want to play this next clip from this press conference because I want to show you the real grift. These are the grifters that Crenshaw was referring to. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about what they're forcing the prisoners in the D.C. prisons to do. They're forcing them to learn critical race theory in order to be represented by uh, <laughs> by their attorneys by their public defenders. Mr. Producer, let's play cut four. Afford to pay a lawyer and they're being represented by public defenders that call them white supremacists, tell them they have to denounce President Trump, tell them they have to denounce their political views, want them to watch videos and read books that basically is critical race theory training in order for them to have this public defender represent them. You see, that's a political bias in the court. Let me, excuse me, let me go. Imagine being charged with a not with a fake crime. Imagine being charged with a felony because you went into the bathroom in the in the people's house. Let's just use that as an example. Imagine being charged with a felony because you had to take a dump. And you can't afford a lawyer because you're not allowed to work. They won't let you out of jail to go work. So you have no money. So you can't afford a lawyer. So you get a, a so-called public defender, something that's supposed to be your right. And your public defender calls you a white supremacist, refers to you as white supremacist, doesn't actually try to help you and forces you to learn critical race theory in order to continue to have their representation, forces you to denounce your political views. If you are a political prisoner and you are being persecuted because your political beliefs it is unconscionable that a public defender in this country would encourage you to denounce your own political beliefs. Your defense is that you are being persecuted for your political beliefs. That defense goes out the window when you denounce your beliefs. That also just shows how how out of control the judicial system is to think that a judge would go easier on someone if they denounce the 45th president of the United States. What, what year is it? What, what country are we in? 
where the government throws you in prison and the easiest way to get out would be to, to denounce the previous president. Is this, is this 2011 Egypt? Like what, what, what are we talking about here? Denouncing the previous administration? That's weird. Very weird. Here's the rest of Marjorie Taylor Greene's clip talking about those those prisons. Mr. Producer, let's play cut five. To these people being held in custody is wrong. It's unconstitutional. It's a violation of their rights. And it is an abuse that I call on every single member of Congress to start paying attention to. We need investigations. It's outrageous. The American people are purely upset, disgusted, and cannot believe this is happening in our country. And I think all of us should be appalled. You see, this jail in Washington, D.C. has been known. It's had many reports of being a despicable place as early as 1976. U.S. District Court Judge William Bryant ruled the conditions inside the jail violated the Eighth Amendment's ban on cruel and unusual punishment. In 2015, a report filed showed the jail was plagued by mold, vermin, and water leaks. 2016, the jail had to move 200 inmates, inmates because of excessive heat. In November 2021, the Marshal Service found the CDF to be inhospitable, but yet people are still being housed there. But the January 6th defendants are being treated differently on a whole nother level. They have been beaten by the guards. They are called white supremacists. They are denied religious services, haircuts, shaving, the ability to trim their fingernails. There's more outrageous things happening there. They're denied time with their attorneys. They are denied the ability to even see their families and have their families visit there. They're denied bail and being held there without bail. Many of these people have never been charged for a crime before. Some of them are veterans. And the treatment is unbelievable. They are told they have to denounce President Trump. They are told that their views are the views of cult members, even though these are men that every single night at 9 o'clock at night, they put their hand over their heart and sing the national anthem voluntarily. Imagine a group of men being held in jail with no idea of when they're going to go to court, no ability to bail out, no ability to see their family, being mistreated and abused worse than we treat terrorists at Gitmo. Joining us now from the car, Joe Olman. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to you, Max. This is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah, well, she's talking about real conditions. And I was just looking when I was back in New Jersey. I noticed that my old elementary school had been converted to offices instead because apparently it wasn't safe for children anymore. And that that school was built after the jail that these people are being held in. So we'll, we'll decommission schools when they become inhospitable or dangerous for kids. But they're talking about a jail that in 1976 was deemed inhumane. That it, it wasn't healthy. And still, and, and still, they haven't made any any major updates to those jails of any consequence since 1976. It's as if we we it's an it's an alternate uh, society. 
that the people and, and you wonder why people come out of the dc jails half crazy and you know i grew up in dc and so the the, the police department and the, the judicial system there has long been a very corrupt and very evil I, I would almost say it's the start right it started right in there and just spread across the country but to see how they're treating these people from January 6th and giving them lawyers that not only are trying to indoctrinate them just to get out of because frankly, when you're on your last bit of hope and you, you're sitting in jail and you have no idea, you know, what even the process is for how you can get out, my guess is that some of these guys are willing to do almost anything to get out, right? To be treated where, where I don't know, terrorists, people that blew up the World Trade Center are being treated better than, than, uh, yeah, than our political prisoners. And the fact that the people in the United States are not more upset about this and we're not doing more for this, um, I think is, uh, you know, I think it's something that we have to pay attention to as well. Marjorie Taylor Greene said that Congress needs to pay attention to how they're being treated. But I think we as people need to pay attention to how they're being treated. And we need we need to go a little bit a lot further uh, to make sure that we protect those people's interests. But the other part is that people are not coming forward to represent these defendants because they're afraid of they're they're afraid of people going after them going after their law licenses uh filing yeah. uh bar complaints against them so there it really is a system designed to destroy these people's lives and by the way people that follow president trump they're not occult members they're americans and they're trying to separate out the 75 to 80 million people that voted for president trump from the you know, I'll call it what it is, probably the 35 to 40 million Americans that voted for that piece of trash dribbling basement Biden. Yeah, so what's happening to these, these men in prison is, is terrible. In jail is terrible. And when, they, when she says that we treat terrorists better, we do. We let the terrorists pray. We let them have religious services. We let them groom their beards. We let them cut their hair. I mean, I mean, they're doing this on purpose. They want these people to go before the filing, go before a judge looking as disheveled as possible. They want them to look like a terrorist. No haircut, unkempt beard, right? That That's the goal. That's, that's the only reason you would stop someone from getting a haircut, stop someone from trimming their beard. These people aren't suicide risks. They just want them to look as terrible as possible. And what's crazy about all this is, I know you've been following the Steve Bannon bit. The DOJ is trying to rush go as fast as possible with Steve Bannon's prosecution. They say it's an open and shut case. Steve Bannon saying, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. I want to call a lot of witnesses. I need discovery. I need time. So Steve Bannon won um, a, a bit yesterday by getting his trial set for July of next year. That's good news because it's going to give him a ton of time to make an argument. But the, the DOJ wanted to rush with Steve Bannon want to get him prosecuted in prison as fast as possible, but they are slow walking these January 6th prisoners by saying, oh, we can't give you a speedy trial because there's just so much video footage. It's going to take us months to go through it all. Well, no, either you can prove that they committed a crime or not. You don't just get to lock them up and have them sit in jail for, for a year, almost a year, without even being able to to get before a judge. I mean, th that's what's crazy about all this. They, they will, they want speed up Bannon, but they're deliberately slow walking the January 6th people to cause as much pain as possible. Well, I mean, we're in a society, we're in a, a country right now that is run by tyrants. It's run by people that 
are criminals. These people are running an organized crime uh, unit and they're using Antifa, BLM, and all these other chaotic examples around us of, of instilling fear in our society in order to create chaos. And there's opportunity in chaos. It's opportunity for evil to thrive. And we have to call evil what it is and we have to step out against this stuff. You know, Steve Bannon's not afraid to go to jail. He's just not. He's not afraid. And he's no, standing and up I, and saying, listen, if, if he, he's probably going to win, I mean, he's going to he's going to drag. He, he wants to call the committee members to testify. I mean, that is an essential part of our justice system, the ability to confront your accuser. His accuser is the House of Representatives. His accuser is the January 6th committee accusing him of uh, violating a subpoena. They issued the subpoena. He has the right to confront his accusers. So he wants to drag these people in for depositions, get them under oath, and pick it apart. And they don't want to let that happen. He wants to make it all public for everyone to see. They want to hide it behind um, classification labels. It's weird. He's fighting to basically release everything to the public. And he his motions are being agreed, agreed to by the New York Times, by the Washington Post. News outlets that you'd think would be against him are actually with Bannon trying to get everything released because they, I mean, they don't really want Bannon to win, but they see it as an opportunity to get as much de- as much information out of Congress as they can, which they think will lead to more stories. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think he has a very good chance of winning if we can stretch this out. A fast case before an anti-Trump judge would be terrible for Steve Bannon. So the fact that this is not going to actually go down until next July and he has all that time to build the case and, and to and force depositions and things like that be very good for him. Also, it's, <laughs> I mean, if he stretches this out long enough and Republicans take control of the house, I don't know. I don't think we've ever had a situation where someone is being prosecuted at the behest of an old Congress. If the new Congress doesn't want it, what happens then? Do they just throw out the charges? I don't know. No idea, but uh, it's definitely good for him to keep, to keep uh, pressing this and to, and to not, have a speedy trial because a speedy trial would be a death sentence for him. Yeah, so did we you are, have a chance uh, to listen? Did you have a chance to listen listen to the Crenshaw clip earlier? No. But I woke losing, up, couldn't sleep, and had to get some work done. For this. I said, I don't know if you saw the uh, Telegram post that I put up at 3.30 in the morning. See that? No, were you talking about him? You know, basically, I woke up, couldn't sleep, had to get ready for this meeting that I had at five thirty this morning, and uh, and uh, so I was up and I saw this thing about Dan Crenshaw calling out Jim Jordan as uh, as a grifter, and I'm thinking to myself, "You piece of, sh- you're a traitor. You're not a you're not a Republican." You align with these globalists, and it would not—it would not surprise me that people like him are completely compromised and becoming mouthpieces for the establishment on the left. And they say that Americans are on one side, and these pieces of trash, these rhinos, these radical leftists. And by the way, I'm going to leave left people that are left-leaning. I'm going to leave them out of this. I'm going to leave them out of this. I'm going to leave the part of the country that nobody talks about, the independents, after out of this. I want to say that uh, uh, we're all on the same page. We're all on the same team. Like, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Keep going. 
you're cutting in and out, in and out, in and out. We're getting every other word. Um, are you on your way into the studio, Joe? Oh, he's gone, and we lost him. Well, that's what happens when you are calling in from Colorado. Lots of hills, lots of depressions. Hard to get good cell service. If we can get him back, we will bring him back on. Um, but for any, everyone just joining, I, I want to play it again just because it, it's it's incredible to see the Dan Crenshaw clip. I mean, I, I can't believe he he said this. He said this at a Republican pack. I mean, that should tell you all you need to know about this. What Texas Liberty Pack? That he feels comfortable enough to say this kind of stuff at one of their events, Mr. Producer. Let's let's play the clip again. I believe it's cut two. Supporting these two, there's actually other veterans in Morgan's race. Uh, there's other front runners, but why support these two? Well, because I've been in Congress for almost three years now. There's two types of members of Congress. There's performance artists. And there's legislators. Now, the performance artists are the ones that get all the attention. They're the ones you think are more conservative because they know how to say slogans real well. They know how to recite the lines that they know that our voters want to hear. Let me tell you guys something. In the first two years of Trump's presidency, when Republicans were in control, when every single time we were voting on Donald Trump's agenda, who do you think was at the top of that list voting with Trump, and who do you think was at the bottom? A lot of names you would recognize are at the bottom of that list. A lot of names you would recognize are at the top of that list. Number two is it's probably going to make you cringe a little bit. It's Adam Kinsinger. Voted with Trump almost 99%. He was number two. You know who's at the bottom? Everybody in the Freedom Caucus. All of them. What you hear so often is not true. It's not true. We have grifters in our midst. Not here, not like in this room, that's not what I mean. I mean in the conservative movement. Lie after lie after lie because they know something psychologically about the conservative heart. We're worried about what people are going to do to, do to us, what they're going to infringe upon us. Had, had to play it again because it's, it's stunning. And I don't know who those people next to them are. It seems like they're running for office. I, you can kind of see from their body language they don't want to be on stage. I mean, listen, if Dan, if Dan Crenshaw believes he is sufficiently gerrymandered, that he can say whatever he wants and get away with it and he'll still be elected, fine. He can do what he wants to do. But I can't think, I can't imagine any Republican candidate going up against an imp- incumbent wanting to be on the stage with someone trashing Jim Jordan, cra- trashing the Freedom Caucus. Not a good look at all. Going to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by the Conservative Daily Store. Go to store.conservative-daily.com. If you can put up my screen, Mr. Producer, put up my screen. We have a bunch of Christmas T-shirts are up. All I want for Christmas is a full forensic audit, and we have all I want for Christmas is the real president. Those are $29.99. We got those prices down from where they were last week. We're going to keep trying to lower them a little bit more, work with our providers. But this is the perfect gift, perfect shirt to wear um, to your holiday Christmas party your family Christmas events, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to blow a lot of minds. So again, go to conservative store.conservative-daily.com and check out the, all I want for Christmas t-shirt line. We go ahead and take these down. Mr. Producer. You can hear me. Oh, you can see me. Oh, you're back. Oh, you're I'm here. back. And I'm in the studio. 
So yes. I apologize for not being here. Frankly, I, I wanted this is the, one of the, the shows that I wanted to be here for the whole thing. I apologize for not being here. Unfortunately, I have to do a lot of stuff other than this. I'm speaking down in uh, in uh, Dallas, and now I'll be in North Carolina on Sunday, speaking to a large group in in Raleigh, North Carolina as well. So should be interesting. And then I've got to work on this whole project, Max, that we've been working on for this alternate path of technology. So I was meeting with um, a bunch of banks and things like that to make sure that we could get that done. Good friend of mine here in Colorado. But he, he basically called everyone in the conservative movement who is a part of the grassroots movement, that, the people, that represent the people in the community, he called those people grifters. Yeah. What does that tell you about what does that tell you about him? It's that he is completely disconnected. But if you actually trace back the history of Dan Dan Crenshaw, it's not it's not surprising. He was a part of the Global Leadership Forum um, in 2012. Um, he, he has a history of being groomed into the position that he's in currently with people that are globalists and radical leftists. Yeah, no, I mean his his military service. Obviously, notwithstanding, that speaks for itself. He's a uh, he's he's not a, a, a fantastic conservative, and when he when he does the right thing, we applaud him for it. But there's there's far too many instances where we find his name what? on on the votes where Republicans vote with Democrats. He's what, he's on that list far what, too much. What, what what do you mean that we, we applaud his? I I don't really give a crap about military service. I'm glad he served his country. Well, Thank well, you for serving well, this generally, country. Generally. Generally, what I, when what people I care serve about. this country and they lose and they lose an eyeball or they lose a limb, um, it's a it's a sacrifice. So we can applaud the sacrifice without extending that to be a, a get out of jail free card right. for him being an asshole in Congress, or just being a, just being a selfish prick that that doesn't represent the interests of the American people. I can just call him that. Yes, that that is also a word that can be used. We're almost out of time, Joe. But I wanted to get minutes. your take on uh, – we have about five minutes once because it takes a couple minutes to do the outro. But I want to get your take on this, if you can put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is a new credit card. I know you're always looking for new credit cards to add to your wallet. This is the Queer card. It is from Daylight. And they say this is uh, – oh, Joe's not on the screen. Got to add to the screen. Right. I can see it. This is uh, Queer Banking for all of the Yaz Queens in your life. And just in case you wanted to know what's one of the benefits of queer banking, they have adopted the Chinese social credit score and they will now send people every month a personalized spending report that shows just how queer friendly their shopping shopping is and offers better alternatives, I guess, to shop in a gayer way. Yeah, this is this is disgusting. Are we gonna find the queer card? We can take that down. Are we gonna find the queer card in your wallet? Hey, do you notice how it says eat that chicken to? sandwich without a bad taste in your mouth? Yeah. It's because everyone yeah. actually shops at Chick-fil-A. And they don't want anybody to shop at Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A is bad yeah. because it stands up for Christian values. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't believe that a man dressing up like a woman makes him any less of a man. He's still a man. You're still a man. You're just a man dressed up like a woman. Sorry. Not sorry. I'll, I'll tell you. If if the rhinos in Congress were to have a sponsored credit card, maybe queer banking would be for them. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> heard a lot of stories. I've, I've heard a lot of stories about what happens with establishment GOPers. So, this might be the card for them. 
So we, we've got some, some big things that are happening. We did launch the um, uh, Pidoxa. That's P-I-D-O-X-A.com. You can go there and get credit card processing. We'll be doing point-of-sale systems coming into the new year in Q1, but we do have the ability to get you uncancelable credit card processing for campaigns, for stores, uh, you name it. We have the ability of plugging that in for you at a very, 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 very low price. Um, on top of that, we have... Some other products that we're rolling out, we have email systems. So if you have a, a business and you, you want to make sure that you protect it and, and have uncancelable email sending or text sending, um, we have that, that platform available for you. Uh, we have a competitor to uh, Eventbrite that we're currently in the process of building. That won't be done until Q2 because um, there's a lot of intricacies to that. We have an e-store alternative based on a mock design. So that is a mock headless infrastructure that allows for you to move all of your e-commerce needs over to um, Pydoxa as well, and it's uncancelable. So we can build out your shop and store and all that stuff um, and connect it through to um, back-end uh, finance uh, programs like QuickBooks or NetSuite or any of those, all the way up to the, the front end of the site as well and fulfillment. So some pretty cool things that we have the capability of doing. We'll continue to invest more time and energy into those. Um, and then, uh, you, you know, we, we have this thing, Max, that we've been working on now. And I'm going to just give a shout out to them because there's a, a banking app. And if you, if you haven't been paying attention, the online banking world, so banking through an app, banking through a place where they don't have any sort of uh, locations, is taking, the, is taking the country by storm. And there's been several competitors out there that have de de developed these competitors, several big businesses like Google developed their own online bank, Wells Fargo developed their own online bank, and basically the ability to do loans, everything through just an app. So we've been working with a company out of Austin to try and develop a Patriot bank so that you can bank online and communicate with and send money to Venmo and other areas, buy car loans, get credit cards, do all of that through one app still be able to deposit page, checks and everything else, uh, withdraw money from different partner banks across the country. Um, it, it has a, uh, a credit union um, group that you'll have the ability to interact with. So the credit union is the, is the backbone behind it that actually is the, I guess it's called the funding bank behind it, um, with I think just over $700 billion in, in uh, assets. Um, still FDIC approved, but it'll give you the ability for us to build a Patriot Bank and for you to be able to do business with a Patriot Bank and still have access to all the low rates and opportunities that are available on the credit card side and loan side and everything else. So I met with um, them yesterday. I'm meeting with them again next Tuesday. And so that'll be the next thing that we do is how do we decentralize banking? And, and this is where you get nervous. Like, oh my gosh, like if we, if we switch over to this <laughs> bank, does it stop us or preclude us from doing banking in other areas? I would tell you to trust but validate. Obviously, it is approved by the, the, the banking overlords of our country, but it gets you away from big banks, gets you all the centralized needs that you need met um, with competitive, if not under, under value or under competitors' uh, market pricing. Um, but it would, be, it would benefit us collectively as patriots. Um, so that hopefully will take a hold in the next 60 to 90 days. I thought we were going to get the, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, what, what is it, Max? The, uh, I don't know. The approval from the SEC for this, oh. 
public offering. I thought we were going to get it done in March, then April, then May. And it just goes to show well, they're you. Now, gonna... They're now investigating Trump. They're investigating Trump, his, uh, his. SPAC. New... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, SPAC. Yeah, because, because it's, it's, th this is what they do. They try to stop anyone who stands up for the American people from, from being able to. This is just another example, right? And so I'm going to continue to do the business that is, that, that, you know, to, to try and build things so that people in our community can connect with that and have the transparency to say, hey, listen, you know, I've, I've been a business guy for the last 20 years. I've had an immense amount of success. I've had a couple of failures. Uh, not big. Well, yeah, I had one big one. 2007 was not good for, 2008 was not good for anybody, I don't think. Um, but um, for the most part, I would say that um, I've been blessed with an immense amount of business success, and I would like to see how we create something that helps patriots and people who are pretty amazing people eliminate the use huh. of people like Amazon. And as we get closer to all of this, I think we should do a whole episode walking through what this all is, explaining it with links yeah. so people can sign up, um, actually do a, a deep dive and explain the different components of it. We're almost out of time, but I, I do want to correct the record. Um, unlike the mainstream media, when we are wrong, we do issue corrections. Previously, we have said that the, e, that the uh, FDA needs 55 years to release the Pfizer documents. Um, we have to correct the record. If we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, the FDA now says that they need 75 years to fully release the Pfizer doc, the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine data. So apologies, it used to be 55. They have now revised it up 20 years. So almost everyone who has been vaccinated already would be dead before they would release all of the data. And again, that comes after the first data drop showed um, a very significant number of uh, adverse events. When, when are we going to take to the streets, Max? When are we going to step in the gap? When are we going to realize that the FDA is literally trying to kill Americans and then hide the truth behind a, a 75 years? It's kind of like the Kennedy assassination. We, we now just figure out that, the, the, that our own government killed President Kennedy. It's now coming out that that's true. And every step is coming out that it's true. And yet we find out about it 60 years later. 60 years later. They murder someone, and we find out about it 60 years later. So what, the, the age is 11? That's, that's when it's approved for, down to approved for kids who are uh, as young as 11? Oh, they, they did five? Is it all the way down to five? I'm, I thought it was down I thought to five. Five to 13, the, isn't it? Oh, I, then it's even lower. Um, but yeah, so almost everyone who would possibly be vaccinated would be older than the average life expectancy by the time they would release all of the documents. That's a pretty good way to cover up. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty easy way to cover things up. And, and you see why it matters when, when the FDA, the head of the FDA, the position becomes a revolving door for people who used to run these companies. I mean, everyone at the top of the FDA used to be at the top of these pharmaceutical companies. Don't act surprised that the FDA is now carrying their water. So we'll continue to report on that. That's the latest filing that they're putting into court for that Freedom of Information Act request that they need 75 years to get all of the data released. Obviously, that's unacceptable. We'll continue covering that and continue fighting against that as more information comes out. Well, we are out of time. That's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, 
make sure you subscribe to the audio edition. All of those links are in the description. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible. If you can, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, please, 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 and give us a five-star review so we can climb up in those rankings. We need those five-star reviews. Anything less won't help us. But that link is in the description. We go live 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern. So tune in for that. And if you need a little reminder and you don't have those Facebook alerts anymore, text the word FREEDOM, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system and get a notification telling you what we're talking about and how, when, and where you can watch. As we've mentioned before, if you're going to shop for Christmas, make sure you check out MyPillow.com. Use promo code CD21, CD21, to get up to 66% off on their products. That link is in the description as well. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. My name is Joe Oltman. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.